Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. And let's look into the scriptures today. Well, today is Resurrection Day, the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. I have a question for you. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? What difference does it make to you? I want to show you out of the scriptures today the difference. And this is by no means the expanded volume of the difference the resurrection makes. But here are just a few reasons why the resurrection makes a difference. Let's turn to Colossians. Go to Philippians and turn right. Were it not for the resurrection, you wouldn't be forgiven of your sin. You say, well, pastor, I thought it was the cross where Jesus died to pay for my sins. Well, it was, but have you ever thought about this? That if all he did was die, the power of sin would not have been broken. Death would not have been conquered. And our, our, we would still be in our sin. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that if there's no resurrection from the dead, you are still in your sin. But I want us to see here in Colossians chapter 2, we see in verse 11 in him that is in Christ. Everybody say, that's me. You were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh. That is our old character and nature apart from Jesus. By the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith, in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead, in in your trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Hebrews tells us, not with the blood of sheep and goats, but with his own blood, our high priest ascended. Because he was risen, he was able to ascend. And there he took his own blood before the throne of God. Do you know that this very day, the blood of Jesus is bearing witness before the throne of God that all of you who are in Christ have been forgiven. And there has been a new covenant written in the blood of Jesus. And Hebrews tells us that in that new covenant, he has chosen to forgive and remember your sins no more. Without the resurrection, Jesus couldn't have ascended. And without his ascension, there wouldn't be a witness before the throne of God that you are forgiven. So when you go in prayer before God, did you know that there is someone there in person? The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you. Because he was risen, there is somebody there right now praying for you before the throne of God. 
You reckon he gets through? Do you reckon the Father's listening to the Son? There's not a prayer Jesus prays for you that the Father doesn't hear and grant. All the promises of God are yes and amen. You've got a witness right there who took his own blood to bear witness that you are forgiven because he lives. The power of the resurrection. If Jesus did not rise, we are still in our sins. But praise God, he is risen and we are forgiven. And because he is risen, you are loved and treasured, and held in a place of high esteem. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Because our Lord Jesus Christ represents you. And he couldn't represent you if he was dead. Because he lives now and represents you before the throne of God. Ephesians chapter 1 says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 3, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Are you in Christ? Everybody say, I am. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption. Do you know that right now you are in Christ? God can't see you without seeing Christ. There is no way. This is you. This is Christ. You are in Christ. God sees you in Christ. You are holy and righteous and blameless and accepted and forgiven and given an inheritance. Jesus Christ has put into your account Everything that God sees in Jesus' account. He loves you. He treasures you. He desires you. You're his son and daughter in Christ Jesus. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, how could you be in Christ Jesus now? The resurrection makes a difference. Sin and death have no authority over you. In Romans chapter 6, we read this, that Jesus Christ, that we were crucified with him. (laughs) I want you to look at it, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that is, before we became born again in Christ, that our body of sin might be done away with, rendered powerless, and that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing this, that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, and death no longer has dominion over him. Because Jesus was raised from the dead and God saw you in Jesus at the cross. He saw you in Jesus in the tomb. He saw you in Jesus at the resurrection. He saw you in Jesus at the ascension. And because of that, the power of sin and death had been broken off of you. 
Did you know that if you are in Christ, the greatest thing that is ever going to happen to you now is the moment you get freed from the trap of this bondage of this body you're living in. You're going to experience life without reservation. Because of the resurrection, sin and death has no power over us. We've been given authority over the enemy in all his assignments for your demise. You say, Pastor, I don't think the devil's ever after me. You're dead and don't know it. Let's go to the book of Ephesians in chapter 1. Jesus said that the enemy, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is at work right now to try to steal, kill, and destroy everything good that God gives your life. But I want you to know that although he's active, he has been legally defeated. Paul is praying here in Ephesians 1 and records it, records it for us. And in verse 19, he says, He wants us to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this name and this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Guess who the church is? You in whom Jesus Christ lives today. Because of the resurrection, you have authority over every evil spirit under the headship of the devil who would try to steal, kill, and destroy from you. You're going to have to be active in that authority. You can't just passively say, say by fact, I guess it's true, God. You've got to enter into it. If somebody is trying to steal, kill, and destroy from you, do you just sit there and say, well, let it be. I guess it was meant to be. No, you rise up and say, you have no right to do that, and you call in the authority. You call in the authority. How many times do we get defeated because we don't call on and stand in the authority that we have over the evil one? Right before Jesus left, he said, these, things, these signs shall follow those who believe. And one of those things were, was, they will cast out devils. You know what that means? That when you stand in the authority that Jesus has given you, every principality, power, and world force of this darkness and every name that is named has to bow at the name of Jesus. Sometimes that battle seems to us like it is ongoing, but never underestimate, regardless of what you see and feel, the authority is in place in Jesus, and he has granted it to you by his resurrection. Let's turn to the right now and go to Philippians chapter 3. Because of the resurrection, you're going to get a new body. 
And the good news is what it's going to be like. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. For our citizenship, those of us who've come to know God through faith in Jesus Christ, our citizenship is in heaven. Did you know that you're really a stranger here? This world is not your permanent home. Our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. The glorious body of Jesus was the body he carried after his resurrection. Remember, for 40 days he was witnessed to be alive. 1 Corinthians 15 says at one time over 500 people witnessed him in his glorious body before he ascended to be with the Father. He is going to transform our earthly, lowly, disease-susceptible body to one like his glorious body. What was that glorious body like? It was his resurrection body. Remember, he appeared to his disciples over the course of 40 days. Recognize that that new body of yours is recognizable. You're not floating around like some nameless choir that doesn't do anything but wear a robe and nobody knows who you are. No, that body is recognizable. It is embraceable. You ever wish you could just get a hug from that one who's gone on to be with the Lord? You're going to have all those you want. It is embraceable. Remember what Jesus said in his glorious body? Behold my hands and my side. It's really me. It's recognizable. (laughs) It's relational. One of the things Jesus did when he received that new resurrection, that glorious body, that you're going to have one. He called all the guys, his 12 who were out there fishing, 11 of them at this time, and he called them. They saw that he was doing something on the beach, grilling fish. And the Bible says that the the apostles came there on the beach from their fishing trip. He had already been grilling, barbecuing fish, and the Bible says, and they all, he included, he and them ate the fish. <laughs> Buddy, there's going to be some meals that you ain't never tasted around here. <laughs> Woo! Quit thinking that your glorious body is going to be floating around there, unrecognizable, non-relationable. The Bible says that you are then going to know fully Well, if you know somebody here, you're going to know fully. You know, I don't know why I'm going to say this today, but I'm supposed to tell somebody here today. Some of you have lived with guilt and regret over some loved ones who've gone on to be with the Lord. I want to tell you something. Your loved one does not have a bit of guilt or regret or anger towards you in Christ. They know you love them, and there is not one thing that they have decided to hold against you. They have no pain or regret in that glorious body. 
And if that's for you today, you receive it. A glorious body because of the resurrection. Well, not only that, we are guaranteed to see those, our loved ones and friends who've gone on to be with the Lord. We won't turn to it. I, John eleven twenty-five 25 and 26, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who lives and believes in me shall never die. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says that when the Lord comes and he brings with him those who've preceded us in the Lord, if we're still alive and remain, we'll be caught up together with them in the Lord. And then the word says, and thus we shall ever be with the Lord. There is no end to being with those who've gone on to be with the Lord. I've been thinking, not just this week, but this day, about what a glorious day that's going to be for me. I thought this week and this day about Mr. Black that passed on Easter Sunday to be with the Lord Jesus in his 90s. Can I tell you something? I can't wait to see those who've gone on before me. I saw him born and I saw him die but I'm going to see him in full life the next time I see him. Hallelujah. Because of the resurrection. I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1. What a powerful passage of Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us, caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Because of the resurrection, you are connected with the mightiest life force on the inside of you. Remember, there are three life forces that you're given by God. Faith, hope, and love. Now, the greatest of these is love, hands down. But did you know that on the inside of you, and you have been reconnected by the resurrection of Jesus... When you are born again, there is on the inside of you something that is a powerful force of life. It's called hope. When hope begins to fade, life begins to fade. Hope and life are inseparable. So that, and I've seen this over and over and over again as a pastor. When hope diminishes of being able to stay here, of being able to be whole enough to enjoy life, when hope begins to fade, life begins to fade. Life and hope are inseparable. When you have lost all hope for your business, your business is probably dead. When you have lost all hope for your marriage, your marriage is probably dead. 
When hope is lost, life departs. But it doesn't have to be that way because there is on the inside of you right now, if you're a believer, there is on the inside of you an everlasting source of hope. It has been placed on the inside of you by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead because there is nothing that can keep you from life if death itself has been conquered. Hope is something powerful on the inside of you that God has given you through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. You receive it by faith in Him. You say, well, Pastor... Why is it that I thought it was faith that was the source and the rock of our life? They're all three inseparable, but let me tell you this. Without hope, your faith doesn't have anywhere to go. Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. If your hope's dead, your faith has nowhere to go. You say, well, what do I do? We'll stir up your hope. The resurrection of Jesus is on the inside of you. Get reacquainted. and Begin to see what the Holy Scriptures say about you and quit believing that your circumstances are the epitome of what life's all about and get hold of that truth. Because that, I want to tell you, circumstances are subject to change. Base your hope on the rock of the resurrection of Jesus. Stir up the hope that is within you. Focus on worship in the Word of God. Get reacquainted with the Lord of all hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus, He has deposited hope on the inside of you. Everybody say this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for allowing my circumstances to steal me the hope that you've granted me. How easy it is for us through what our eyes see and our ears hear and what our emotions feel to let hope diminish when God's Word, the Spirit of God, is always full of hope. Without the resurrection, there would be no hope. Bless your holy and mighty name, O God. It has been my desire and my intent this week, knowing this is a precious and holy day, a day in which many of you want to connect with your family and friends, I have purposely decided not to belabor this day or to keep you for a long time, but I'd like for us all to stand today, and in closing on this wonderful Easter day, I want us to sing with all our hearts, because He lives. The resurrection makes all the difference. God bless you for being here today. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.